Wow, great hard cut and there. Now, and now we're in the mood. And now we're in the vibe. Do you feel like your vibes changed at all? Ed? Was that specific Stevie Wonder? For yeah, this one? it was the Janu Wonder it's, theme music. It's music inspired by Stevie Wonder. By Nikki Cole. What do you mean Janu Wonder? So, ladies and gentlemen, that was a perfect transition. Thanks, Em. This is our third and final month dedicated to the three people who've won this award three times, not including Paul Simon. Fuck you, Paul Simon. Uh, <laughs> uh, we first did Maylor for Taylor Swift. We then did yeah. Sinatra Timber for Frank Sinatra. In September. And now we're doing Janu Wonder for Stevie Wonder. In January. So that's that's a, that's a series we do. This is the third and final one. Can I just say, Andy um, Andy chose all of these. I had no say in it. He just said, we have to do this now. And I was like, okay, fine. And then he said, well, Nikki, now you have to make the music for it. He doesn't edit them. He just has to show up and record and make three 30-second tracks. I've offered. It's not that I don't want to. Let me, let's just... Our good longtime friend. Long time. <laughs> Barely. Long at least time. three months I've known you. Hey guys. I, I'd say at least four. It's our friend M. Mitchell. Do you want me to say last name? M. Mitchell's fine, yeah. yeah M. How's Mitchell. it going, guys? Hi. Uh, some of you may know them from such hits as Real Life. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm known for. That, I'm not a public well, figure. Thank, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, do you want to introduce yourself at all? Yeah, Say sure. What you do, who are you? Um, How you know us? I'm 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 I'm, uh, I'm a uh, a pianist, conductor, composer, uh, gamer. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I, I I went to uh, I went to college with with Nikki and Andy here. Um, you know, uh, in, I uh, the many of the audience here is uh, probably aware of of an organization that we're all part of. Uh, yes, that I'm going to not. Just let you say. He bleeps it out. I do bleep it you out. You don't let me, you're not going to let me plug a... No, because it's... They're the president. Harder to, it's harder to find us, it's easier to find us when you give them more information. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Um, Andy's I believe decided. I've cut out the landmarks near Nikki's house that we sometimes mention, uh, because we just generalize it to us, we go. We kind and of, then sometimes yeah. he'll say like, Oh yeah, the bank near my house. Is... Well, I'm yeah, the uh, the national myself. president of a uh, a five hundred one c organization um, that supports music on college campuses. Um, you know, one of the college campuses being the uh, uh, alma mater of, of the three of us here. <laughs> so that's that's who I am. Uh, that's one of the bigger bigger things that I do uh, outside of you know being unemployed and, and a student. But um, uh, other than that, you know, I'm, Nikki and I are good friends. We talk a lot about uh, music. Andy and I are friends. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to be here. Wow, well, we're happy to have you. Yeah, this is also the first time where we're in person, and it's both of us and a guest. Is that true? In the same room. We've never had a guest oh, wow. episode. Where on it. You, you should be. Yeah, it only took us 46 episodes plus eight bonus episodes. That's not my fault. I'm the booking agent. 
I, th- I think it was Annie that asked me. Well, I gave approval. Oh. <laughs> I'm the manager, he says. Alleged. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, what's going on? What's in, what's in the news? Uh, well, it's a very eventful day. Uh, Troy Baker started supporting NFTs. Uh, that's very upsetting for gamers everywhere. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, a volcano erupted, and now Santa Cruz is flooding because of a tsunami. What's happening today? Am I supposed to give topical commentary? I don't no, know. Do you have it? What's going the on? Episode, uh, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on yeah, right now? News? What's, no, what's the, There's a snowstorm. There's a snow. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was well. I was just, just telling uh, telling Nikki and I on my way here. You know, it was great weather for the first part. Um, I was I was listening to the album uh, that we're going to talk about today. Like the way, and then I had like thirty minutes, and the snow started coming down. So I put on my uh, my Viking folk vocals. You know, just so I could get in the mood on, on the way here. I, I love I love some of that. Uh, you know, Nordic. I mean, I'm not a Nazi, so don't don't get. I'm one of the Nordic good ones, step. but. <laughs> Good. Well, you made it. I made it. You thank know, God. I'm, thank God I'm, I'm here. It <laughs> yeah. is, I love, you know, I, I love this town. A lot of people will, will, will have some bad things to say about it, but I'm, I'm always glad to make the trip. Yes. There's nothing bad that ever happens in Oswego, New York. Oh, you're allowed to say that? Yeah, we say Oswego, New York. They That's know all we they know. To, no, they know we went to SUNY Oswego. That's all they know. Uh, beyond that. That's all that they need to know. And if we've said more, we do not. we didn't. <laughs> We do not say where we work or... Where do you work, Andy? I work at a place. Actually, I wanted to talk about this on the podcast uh, before we actually talk about music. Uh, he does this where... You know he does this where he'll... <laughs> I'll be like, Andy, how are you? And he says, I'll let you know on the podcast. <laughs> well, because sometimes... Well, you gotta save your content. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's worth... Sometimes yeah, it's, it's a fun thing. I, I know. If there's one thing I know about Andy is that he constantly runs out of things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? So, I learned uh we have a sexist mailman at my job. A sexist mailman. Yes. Okay. Elaborate. Uh, when they deliver the mail, uh they will look for one of the two male employees at the business where I work. Okay. And they will refuse the mailman refuses to give mail to women. Really? Yeah. He'll like wait for us. To show up, you'll like wait for me or my. Isn't it mostly women who work? Like, yes, at least for... it is like two men to like. Yeah, and you're two of those twelve men. women. Yeah, eleven, ten women. That's a lot of women. Yeah, that's a and that's a very small amount of men for that mailman to wait. Well, luckily for. one of them is usually behind the counter. That being the other man. Yeah. Uh, but it's just funny that. Well, what if there are no men working that day? What if you call in sick? I guess we don't get the mail. <laughs> That's fine. Well, cause they were, cause like my boss today, who is a woman, had to like wait at the door and be like, just like force the like, give. <laughs> what? Yeah, they like got in a fight because he wouldn't give it to someone earlier. Why not? So he's like, I'll be back, and it's just like, he's like okay, and then he came back, and my boss like, oh, I got this, and he's like, give. <laughs> that can't be real. This is a real. That sounds. This that, is a real human. That sounds like a '70s sitcom. Is a government employee. <laughs> Say 1970s, Nikki. Yeah. What, what 70s? What about it? You know what happened in 1973? 
Uh, let me see. What album? One album. This album released. Great transition. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know actually, I did want to talk it. about this for a little bit. Please. 1973? Oh, what? yeah. 1973. Like the year? Yes. Tell, the year, me, tell the, us about the year. The year 1973. You know, I think Nixon? that it is. Yes, actually, it is. Oh, God, I was uh, it, <laughs> it is, in my opinion, essential to understand art through the lens of the time that it came out. Yes. Right? Um, We're very bad at doing that on okay, this podcast. Okay, yep, very much. You know, maybe maybe I can help. Maybe we I can, do, this can be fact, my, we do the my, opposite. my addition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, I, I always, I, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about this, about okay. how I think it's a real shame when people uh, kind of talk about how they, that they uh, wish that they were born in, in a different era or that they, um, yes. you know, feel like they can't connect with the... I'm born in the wrong generation. Yeah, you know, that's that's a whole, that's a whole Led thing. Led Zeppelin, best musician um, ever. When it is, I find, one of the most exciting things to be able to live in the time that you live in yeah. and experience art as it comes out and uh, things. And so uh, when I was listening to this thing, I was like, 1973, what was going on in 1973? So I, I got up a thing, I've got some, here's some things that happened in 19 this album came out in august of 1973 which Eight means into the year you know is that 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 stuff comes out um, I'm, I'm it's it probably was started as production in 1972 and you know the, well, I mean, we can check that on right now yeah um what and then of course like the stuff that happened afterwards but i, I want to get into the sense of not just what was stevie wonder thinking when mm-hmm. he was doing this thing but also what was it like to listen to this album when it came out. It was like to go to the record store and buy this and, you know, listen to it while you're also, you know, seeing Watergate happen on TV. <laughs> so here's some things that um that 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 went went down in nineteen seventy three. So yeah. January twentieth, Richard Nixon sworn in for his second term. Or sworn in yeah, second sworn in for his second term. He's the only person to be both 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 vice president and president. Um twice twice each. What? Oh really? Yes. Sworn in. Sworn into both of them. So if if Biden got a second term, would he be the second? Yes. Yeah. Or am I, am I he would be on the same right? list. I don't know about. Yeah, second. he would be. He would be on the okay. other list. But so far, it's um, only Nixon. Okay. January twenty second, big one. Roe v. Wade goes through. Really? Uh, yeah. Overturned state bans on abortion. Thank God. Um, on the same day, Linda B. Johnson dies. I don't. I'm not saying they're related. <laughs> I'm sorry, Linda. <laughs> um. I'm going to go a little bit further. You know, this is this is towards the end of the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War had not, you know, obviously want to end for another few years, but we're we're in the hot, like kind of in that period of uh, peace talks and How long was that? Uh the Vietnam War? Yeah, it was a while. That was, you Maybe. know, one of our yeah, one of our I think the longest war that that we were in um, until now. Yes. Yes, until right. until Bush. So, 1955 to 1975. 20 years. Oh wow. Um you know, this is this is where we start getting, uh, you know, oh, where was it? There was there was another one that I, I found super fascinating going through here. Um, Watergate happens in March. That's the big one that everyone talks about with 1973, the Watergate scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of think about this. There's there's two major turning points in the yeah. 20th century. Uh-huh. There's the, um, you know, there's there's the uh, atomic bombs in 1945. Yes. Um, and then there is the moon landing in 1969. Okay. And you can kind of trisect the century into those parts. And we're entering here into the last third of the 20th century. And stuff like Watergate is a huge way of the way that people start rethinking politics in America Mm -hmm. um, and start rethinking the relationship that we have with uh, the U.S. president, the relationship that we have with the media, with journalism. 
Um, and and I'm not just saying this to you know go off on a thing. I think that this you can really see this effect on uh, the album that we're we're talking about yeah. today. You yeah, know, this is a extremely political album. Yes. Yeah, it takes like what two tracks for it to start. Yeah, it's popping off. Um, I'd say even the first track. Uh, but um, you know, we we have the World Trade Center complex is dedicated. Uh, in 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 April, uh, you see Pablo Picasso die in in April of of the uh, nineteen seventy three. You know, kind of the end of the uh, a, a huge representative artist of the modernist period. And now we're mm. heavily into postmodern art um, mm. at this point. Uh, Islamic Republic Republic of Pakistan introduces a new constitution, setting setting the law in uh, in Pakistan to being. Um, uh, supremely Islamic uh, at that that point, a major turning point in Pakistani history. Mm-hmm. Um, Sears Tower becomes the world's tallest building. In... Finally, <laughs> finally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get a long streak at that, but yeah, uh, you know that that's where we also have Wounded Knee in in May. Uh, you know, a standoff between federal authorities and, and American Indian movement mm-hmm. activists. Um. You know, a lot a lot of things are happening in, in 1973, and you can kind of see it in one one way. Uh, I'm curious to get your guys' opinion on this. If, if, you know, kind of as we talk about this album, is this album about the, you know, is a transitory period? Is it about the death of the previous age, or is it about the birth of the new age? And I think that you can make the argument that it's, that certain parts of it are one or the other, mm-hmm. um, and that it, it goes between them. But, you know, especially for... Stevie Wonder, who is is not part of the privileged, uh, the privileged, um, you know, uh, demographics at, at this time, uh, what is what is he having to say about the changes that are happening in society in, in the early nineteen seventies? Mm. Well, yeah, especially looking at like people who've just won this award. We got Frank Sinatra, Henry Mancini, Bob Newhart, uh, Von Meter, Frank Sinatra, The Beatles. Uh, it's a lot of white men, and also Judy Garland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm curious. Uh, you know what? You, what you guys? Because I, I wish I could have did this research. I didn't have the time for it, but I wanted to see what was the other music happening. In it's not a lot. Like the most unique thing there is Sergeant Pepper's. The rest of it's kind of mostly just like acoustic or traditionally, like composed stuff. Like the music for Peter Gunn. We've done most of the other albums before this too. Uh, the year before this was the concert for Bangladesh, but like even yeah. that's just like straight rock. Yeah. Like, and you can different. Re- you can hear influences from this specific album on stuff that comes out later, like uh, the my least favorite album that we've done for this show, uh, fucking U two, not U two, not U two, Steely Dan, Steely Dan, uh, Two Against Nature, it, that musically very similar to this, although worse executed. Uh, so I think you're right, but. Yeah, sonically, the seventies is a fascinating time for music. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. This like, was good, well, yeah, coming sexy, from the sixties where. You know, no no offense to, like, I, I loved the Getz Gilberto album, but, like, a third of that decade was fucking Frank Sinatra. Uh, by the time I get to Phoenix... And like, he hates jazz. And uh, folk well, rock. Well, you know, I'm... I'm it's it's funny you mentioned Getz Gilberto. I love that album. And, it's a good album. you guys good were album. the ones that kind of introduced me to it when, I, did when you that? did that. Uh, yeah, you did that. It was one of your earlier episodes. I believe you had... Um, that was 20... We did some, I, I specifically remember it because Andy said... Wow, this this trumpet just sounds so strange on this track. <laughs> it was a fucking airy saxophone. <laughs> um, but but you know the seventies. I think of this. Uh, what I think of the seventies, I think of this. This is when we're starting to get to the end of what we can do with purely analog music. 
Yeah. Sure. You know, of where we're really stretching the limits of an analog recording mm. idea of the idea of what a analog record looks like. Um, and then the and you're starting to see electronic music in the 70s, and you're yep. starting to see that really take off in the 80s with the synthesizer, um, and you know the 808 and all that. But uh, in in the 70s, you get this really interesting period where artists are trying to push the limits of what they can do with just you know electric guitars, just mm-hmm. with uh, organs, just with um, with with kind of standard acoustic instruments. Yeah. Um, and and we get some really fascinating albums like like Inversions. You know, this is a uh, a really good example of of what I would say is is kind of pushing the limits of what we can do with, with analog. I agree. Yes. yes. So yes. I do want to just list off the other stuff that was nominated this year. Okay. Uh, for the nineteen seventy four Grammy Awards ceremony, uh, "Behind Closed Doors" by Charlie Rich, uh, "The Divine Miss M" by Bette Midler, Bette Midler. Uh, "Killing Me Softly" with his song by Roberta Flack, and "There Goes Rhythm," "There Goes Rhyming Simon" by Paul Simon. Or Paul Simon. Uh, so I know who Bette Midler and Paul Simon is. I'm not going to lie to you people and tell you that I know who Charlie Rich or Roberta Flack is. Do either of you any context? No. Uh, the names are familiar to me, but I, I've never yeah. listened to anything. Uh, you know, I'm not, you from, know. From there. Those, that is music. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not super aware of any of those other albums. I don't know about you two. Like, um, I just know that Bette Midler exists and she's good at existing. Cool. <laughs> That's all. I'm I'm I do kind of want to see what types of music this were, country. Uh, let's see. Pop, rock. And then yeah, just fucking folk rock from Paul Simon and then. Paul Simon. Souls. So. Andy, are you are you not a fan of Paul Simon? No, I actually am a big fan of the two. We did uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, I I know I said fuck Paul Simon. Uh, but that's you just, know be- when you just say that's just because that's the opposite of how you feel. It's because he won once as Simon and Garfunkel and then twice as Paul Simon, so we didn't give him a month. Interesting. We've already done two of his albums, so two of those albums. And he acts so. like this was intentional. You, you know, you when can really he just forgot. Yeah. Uh, oh, because you had already done one, and then well, yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, geez, well, well, no, Simon. Tem- you Simon can't never. Over. <laughs> yeah, you can never be forgiven. <laughs> let's talk about the album album art first um i have it right up here um for reference uh i think this is very pretty i like it um do you want to describe it andy no that's your job and you know it <laughs> i'm not sure if i could uh, well so it's Orange. it's it's an art drawing it's kind of like a sepia tone warm earth colors um it kind of looks like he's in the desert or like a, the Rocklands or something. He's got light shooting from his eyes. Yeah, so th- there's there's Stevie in the window, a drawn Stevie in the, in the left side. I think he's like in a house. He's looking out the window and his eyes are closed because he's blind. Um, and he, But his on his eyes is, is um, there is what looks like light shooting out of it and it's going into space. Um, and then that's the top of the image. And then the bottom of the image is in nice 70s looking text, uh, Stevie Wonder Inner Visions, but it has this loom- like orange shadow behind it. And it's keep it's like a trail, keep going. Mm. And it doesn't stop, kind of like, um, what is that, like Star Wars? Or um, 
2000 Space Odyssey. It's a, it's a very classic 70s yeah. Yeah, it's very, you know, uh, typography. Yeah, it's something about it. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool cover. It's, it was drawn... And it's nice. I like it. That's all I'm gonna. I I appreciate. I I you know looking at this, it's got this weird mix of both having things three D and two D. Like it's difficult to tell the perspective that we're we're looking at at this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's in the foreground, what's in the background. Yes. It's cool, if not leaving a lot up to interpretation. Otherwise. Yep. That's all there is to say. Thanks, Nikki. All right. So, first track we're going to start off with Too High. All Too right. High. Andy, do you, sounds like you have an opinion. I like it. <laughs> yeah? I don't have my notes open. Give me a second. Open sec. your damn notes. What are we doing here? Uh, it's a very solid mix. Uh, for the 70s, uh, this is there was no fucking... This is a well-mixed album. Yes, it is phenomenally well-mixed. really well-mixed. Uh, for the 70s, it's, what was the... Before... I mean, we can't really compare it to the year before because it was fucking a uh, live album, Concert for Bangladesh, uh, which, you know, quality-wise wasn't the best. What? I remember liking it. But yeah, I liked it, but, like... It was also a deep-fried fucking MP4 file for us, so... That's fair. Uh... Yeah, you know this is this is what I say when I said that the this album is intensely political and it starts from the very first track. You know, yeah. this is a song explicitly about drug abuse. Yes, um, and and especially when you're trying to look at uh, Black American culture in the '70s and drug abuse, and you know, especially in the context of, uh, of the Nixon Watergate scandal, mm-hmm. it, it really uh, reveals a lot about about what was going on in in the uh, culture zeitgeist at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the uh, the song, you know, it, like. When I when I when I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics, it grooves really hard. It's a great oh, opening yeah. track. You oh, know? A and lot then of when the, you listen to it, it's like, oh, this is a little uh, you know, it it it's the the lyrics do touch at a deeper issue in our society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just specifically about a girl who's high and just like has missed her shot at success. Like Stevie himself. I wouldn't say he's missed his shot at success, but Well, time will tell. Um, this man has uh, more Grammys than I, God. Um, I wrote this music is the prototype to Bill Wirtz, the guy who's interesting history of the world. Interesting take on it. I, well, well I, I, by extension, agree because I did say that Steely Dan was a prototype to Bill Wirtz. What can I say? I want to say that these are prototypes as much as Bill Wirtz was ripping off of <laughs> Steely Dan and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Just say the most incendiary thing you can. I mean, I, on record, I I hold to it. You know, <laughs> Bill Wirtz is was. I don't think he he would deny that he's well, directly. No. You know, <laughs> what what genre would you guys say this is? Soul. Yeah, it's like soul, soul funk. Music. You know. Yeah. Um. Some some R and B stuff in there. Well, R and B. It's interesting you say R and B. You know, I was well. It's funny you said that just now. I'm reading a book right now. I'm always um, reading a book, guys. Brag about it. What's the book called? Thank you. The book is called <laughs> The Song Machine. Um, and it's all about um, pop pop music and, and writing pop hits, hits and, and like hook theory and all that. Um, and the chapter I just talked about was talking about um, how I think it was, it was, I don't know if it was Recording Academy or just um, like the music industry at large. Like there was a specific man who invented the term R&B, rhythm and blues. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but it was very interesting that it, it said very explicitly in, in the text that 
it didn't matter how much um how pop it sounded for for if it was a black singer um it didn't matter if it sounded pretty much like Madonna. Like it was labeled under R and B just because it was a. It's true. Uh, Rhythm and Blues and, was created as a form of segregation in the uh, and, pop industry at the time. And I and I I really admire that um, black artists have kind of taken that kind of sort of as you put it like segregation. Now like it's it's a point where they you know R and B is its own thing, and you can really it's kind of a distinct part of. The genre, but I think that even still, we see that sort of unfair distinction in like the recording academy today. And there's a, a big stir about it. A couple years ago, they they used to call it urban music, <laughs> or they've now changed it to. Well, there's still an R and B section, but I think they've called it like R and B contemporary or something. Yeah, like, that. like they, but it's still separated. You know, they still separate like a lot of like black music from from white music. Not that white like black artists are not considered pop now in some areas they are like beyonce you know um, and even in in the genres where they don't separate them the academy tends to go towards the white i'm thinking about specifically uh was it 20 2014 25th it was 2015 hmm. when it was kendrick lamar versus oh, macklemore God. uh hmm. yeah i mean also just like looking at like previous winners of the past decade you have like adele Arcade Fire, Mumford and Sons, Daft Punk, Taylor Swift, back like it, white person music yeah, has yeah. kind of. Are we allowed to criticize the uh, the Academy? Here? Oh, oh, that's, that's all, all this podcast do. is. We're, we're not, not. Yeah, we're not. We yeah. might want Grammys, but we don't. We don't respect this institution. You know, it's terrible. It's because part of, part of the issue, I think, is is the fact that the way they do it ends up uh, kind of emphasizing the more um, approachable or more accessible or whatever yeah. the people that are part of the academy like, well it's interesting because like in the 90s this like wasn't a thing or not as much because you had fucking george michael winning next to fucking well that's in the 89 you had uh, fucking quincy jones natalie cole eric clapton whitney houston tony bennett it was a diverse time then and now you go and it's just like the most like the only person of color to win album of the year in the past 10 years has been bruno mars so mm-hmm. Kind of sucks, you know. Actually, I like that. That was a good album. If I'm gonna, it is a good album. I like that album. Yeah. Twenty Four Karat Magic. It's a good album. New Jack Swing. Uh, That I don't know. And then you get to like even in the mid two thousands, you had fucking, uh, where is it? Outcast with Speaker Box. Good job. Yeah, that was that's good. That's a rap album. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. Nikki thought it was okay. I liked the first, the second half. Yeah, exactly. I liked most of it. You liked the first half. Yeah. Anyway, I like this first song. It was a good song. Good song. Um, we gotta go quicker than that for We're gonna song take our song. damn time. No, I was having a conversation. A, are we in a time? Are we in a time? Andy's limit? on a time. I limit. try to stay below an hour fifteen. Generally, we're gonna go to. I'm gonna go as long as I want. We're having. You know, fun. me and Nikki will go four hours if we need. Yeah, to. but this is a D and D podcast no, right now. I just the last thing I want to say about this multi episode. First, <laughs> oh well, I'm making you. I'm making your life easier, Andy. You know, we record four hours today. You can just take yeah, the next month off. <laughs> That's not how this works. This is just one episode. Um, this is episode 46. Andy, there was a harmo- not just a harmonica solo, but a harmonica duet in this track. And I thought... Oh, yeah. That, that threw me. I thought about second. Andy when you, that happened. Why? Because you own a harmonica. I, so? I own bongos, too. There are bongos on this album. Okay, but you haven't played the bongos on record. <laughs> Have you played the harmonica on record? I don't think so. He has so. played the harmonica over a... Uh, over a Zoom call, sure. Well... 
you know, that's a form of a record in, in some sense of the word. In Zuckerberg's eyes. Mm. Just... In his bug-eyed salamander lizard eyes. Sorry. Anyway, number two. Yo, two. such a smooth transition between Visions. these two songs. Visions. What a great time. Arguably the title track, kind of? Yeah, that, that, it's, it, you know, when we were talking about the um, the album cover, I was, I was looking, and it's like, you know, it's very interesting that he didn't put a space between Inner and Visions. Inner Visions. Inner Visions. Yeah. And at first, when I first read the album, I didn't realize it was two words. I thought it was like in, inversions or something. And then I read it very close. I'm like, oh, no, it's inner visions, yeah. but no no space. I mean, you know, no no artist makes makes a decision like that without thought, but I have no idea what the... I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. If, yeah. I, if, you know, if I had a word with him... <laughs> no, I, I think it's actually kind of cool that it's it's a singular word. And, yeah. Um, this track is great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big contrast to track one. It's a good second track. It is a good big tr- contrast, yeah. I, I I like the... It was a sort of like spooky, ominous guitar is at the start. Oh, yeah. And then there's like the Rhodes piano kind of gluing it together. Um, also, there was a fun little string bass, Andy. Mm-hmm. Nice string, double bass for him. Um, I found that there it, it kind of was in the same vibe. It didn't really develop all that much. It was just like the same sort of pace route. But I liked that... It, I think that the very the stereo aspect of it, like mm-hmm. there was kind of two different things going on with the guitars and the different. Yeah, sounds. they were playing like different parts. Yeah, I thought it kept it interesting, kept it engaging. Um, I, yeah, you know what you say about about the fact that it doesn't develop much. I found it interesting. Like, you know, it seems like with this album, a lot of the tracks instead of where we might be used to developing horizontally and kind yeah. of going places and develop and like having different parts, this this kind of Stevie Wonder seems to be more interested in developing vertically of adding layers to things, mm. removing layers and seeing and, and playing around with that, which uh, you know, I find it is, is like really the piano. I'm not like sure. banjo kazooie. Fuck you. <laughs> I was, I, I was, I was, uh, someone said to me once, it might've been our friend, one of them. Um, we have friends. No. Um, that said, uh, that said, when you think about, they, they're a pianist and a vocalist. And mm-hmm. they said that when they think about singing music, when they think about singing, they think horizontally because oh, sure. it's a single line. But when you're playing piano, you're thinking vertically because you have to think about the, the chords and then you yeah. know, the movement. Well, we talk about this in, in terms of, uh, from a theoretical perspective in music history, yeah. when you're looking at classical music, you know, Baroque music is very much a horizontal genre. Um, mm. We talk about it, I, I, I don't want to go too nerdy here, mm. um, but you know, if you've ever taken a, uh, a music theory class, you would have learned four parts. I, um, I sure did. Based on Palestinian voice leading from the Counter Reformation, but the uh, th- at the time they would have thought about these things as horizontal. They would have thought about these vo- uh, four voices kind of all having their own lines, and then the way the lines interact is with harmony. But we tend to teach these vertically. We t- t- teach them in chords. That this is a five chord. This is a two of three chord. You know, this is a yeah. whatever chord. Um, and then we get to classical music where where Mozart and stuff he's, he begins to write in layers on that level. Then we get back to it, it kind of ebbs and flows between these two different ideas of looking at music because once you get into the late Romantic period, um, it starts getting back into that horizontal thing of seeing where instead of what is a singular moment in music sound like with everything stacked on top of each other versus how does this moment interact with the time before and after it. Mm. I agree. <laughs> This is another political uh, track. Oh yes, you know it is. It is kind of Stevie Wonder giving a bit, a bit of a utopian vision. Um, yeah, like milk and honey flowing mm-hmm. free, and then like autumn. I always find this this interesting when you're looking at music from this kind of late '60s, early early '70s, especially in the early '70s. Um, 
you know, when you when you want to talk about protest music or political music, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, protest music nowadays is often very explicit about what it's talking to. If you listen to, uh, you know, a good example, we were talking about Kendrick Lamar, Pimp a Butterfly, is yeah. very explicit about what it's talking about. And, and, you know, Kendrick will name specific names of politicians that he disagrees with or even just, like, put sound bites yeah. <laughs> in the music. Um but when you're looking at music from the late 60s, early 70s, a lot, you know, in a very, also a very politically charged time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the artists will will tend to stray away from being specific with what they're saying, you know, or or they'll tend to, uh, you know, just have very, very um, generic, maybe generic's not the right word, but but just talk about things in outside of the current American um you know, politics and talking about it in the sense of uh, you know, painting a picture that could be anywhere and at yeah. any time. Um, and this is a, an example of what I see that is. He doesn't talk about, he doesn't mention really America much at all uh, in 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 this album. But you can tell what he's talking. You can tell right. what I he's. I mean, the, ne- the next song is probably the most in your face one. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Prob- no, you know. Are we ready to talk about that, or do we have more I'm, to say? About I'm, well, I do want to say in this song, uh, I think he just played a doorbell at one point. That was not a doorbell. That was um, like the top end of a of a of a Rhodes. Um, going. I might. No, you know, no one's hearing that. <laughs> nope, I that was I tried, but. Uh, so yeah, next song. Living for the city. Living for the city, very groovy song. Oh, I it loved make, it. It kind of makes you wish that this song wasn't about what it was about. Oh yeah, that's terrible. Uh, because, uh, this this was a very well produced, wet like, moving song. I was I was especially after visions, which was like a more downbeat sort of like vibe, like hangout song. Um, sonically speaking, uh, no, this the third track was like it immediately was like back in the vibe of like like dancing, you mm-hmm. know, like it's something that you're grooving along to, and it it's it it is a, a strange juxtaposition with the lyrical content, um, in that like as this track develops, you can see the sort of broad picture that he's painting lyrically, and it's like I, I don't want to dance to this, you know, but I mean, you know, I'm still dancing. It, it happens a lot with ska music. Mm-hmm. But. Well, like, on fucking Ska Dream, Jeff Rosenstock's like, yeah, I was watching them, like, clean up bodies from a mass shooting. And it's just like... I don't want to I don't want to um, give Andy a platform here, but I do agree. You know, when you listen to Ska music, it, it is has this exact same sense of intensely... Pl- I mean, it's directly connected to punk music, yeah. in yeah. that sense. Uh, yeah. Like, Mr. Smiley's a fucking song about some guy who, like, murdered a bunch of people. It's like, hey, you know, you were always nice to me. And then it's just, like, the happiest, most upbeat song Yeah, there's, there's a long history of, of putting politics because in in that sense you're forcing people to reconcile it mm-hmm. you know if you if you put all your politics in a song that is going to be somber and downbeat nobody's going to listen to it yeah if you put it in the one that's going to be played in every nightclub in new york city you know then people yeah. are forced to listen to this to listen to the, the message that you're putting out and yeah um, i think that's powerful why don't we do that now well, we do do that now. Mm. Well, you listen to name, name a song well i i mentioned Twice already, but uh, Tim Butterfly is all about that. <laughs> but or listen to Kanye West, you know, at all or any at it's most modern hip hop. Yay! Is it yay now? Yeah. Uh, listen yay, to most yeah, most modern hip hop. You know, it has uh, most modern hip hop is all about this kind of the politically charged area. You know, you say most. I wouldn't say most. I'd say a most good a significant number. Strong, a significant uh, yeah. number. Of yeah, mainstream. notable artists. Yeah. Um, Still waiting on that. I, I mean, I'm not. It's actually wrong for me to even say modern hip hop. All of hip hop has been doing this for, for yeah, you know, for its Since time. Since the start, this has been this is part of the core of the genre. Um, and 
it's part of like you know what we need to recognize when we're talking about black music. Mm-hmm. So is, so back 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 to the song. Not to mm-hmm. uh, this is a very good song. Halfway through, uh, it cuts to what, 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 soundscape. Not soundscape. It was like a, it was like a uh, audio example. drama. Audio drama, yeah. a radio play. Uh, it's like an interlude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of um, a ma- narrator, Stevie yeah. Wonder, I guess, getting uh, off the bus. New York uh, City. Immediately getting falsely yeah, charged, like yeah. charged and found guilty for a crime, 10 years in prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trials this this, this is uh, definitely a, uh, a song that is still relevant today. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think... It's something that a lot of us, especially living in New, can I say New York State? Yes. <laughs> living uh, in New York, Oswego, S- Illinois. <laughs> living a lot of us living in New York City, New York State. Um, you know, I think really had this idea of the, uh, and this is this is a long history of it of yeah. the North being like a safer place. Yeah. For minorities. Or, Upstate New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or but even New York City, people talk about New York City as a as a liberal paradise. Yeah. When. It's, you know, there it has the same issues. It has the same problems. Yeah, you know, there's not KKK going through, you know, the streets of uh, Queens, you know. but In daylight. Well, there probably are. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not Birmingham, but it is it is still, like, these same issues. And a lot of, uh, you know, northern liberals will, will kind of ignore that. And, yeah. and um, when you actually listen to what people, uh, minority communities in these in these areas are saying, like, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a utopia. It's not perfect here. No. On the contrary. Just step outside. And... Anyway, there's big sense in this track. Yes, big sense. <laughs> uh, my, had a ping pong on the synth, too, which was cool. Ping pong? Yeah. Uh, I like... Who was the vocalist who came in after the interlude? Do you know? Andy, that? I hate to break it to you. Was that actually that Stevie That was Stevie Wonder. What? It's a... Co- I felt like this song was also the first song in the album that we really get to hear Stevie's range as a vocalist. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was still him. He was growling at the end. Yeah. Like he was, he's growling throughout the album, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Nikki, take notes. Do some of that on the next, next I, album. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> I've yet to hear a song where you growl. I'll... That's not true. You heard. So Golden Lady. Gold... Golden Lady. I loved this song, uh, and I did not write any notes for it. I thought it was a great transition from the previous track. Um, it was very piano-driven um, at the start. Uh, very ballad-like, lovely and sweet. But about a la- It's about an actual woman. And then Who's I, it about? I don't know, someone. Um, there was key changes all, as the song was ending. I don't know if you noticed that, Andy. I did, um, actually. It was really good. And even as it was fading out, there was key changes happening. A real, a real, uh, real uh, Beyonce moment for uh, Stevie Wonder. It's tw- uh, 30 years before she did that. Em, you have any comments? I like this song. Um, there was one thing I didn't like about it, uh, <laughs> and it and it's towards the ending. I like Nikki. Do you have an idea of what I'm talking about? Was it was it the fade out? It's, it has a fade out, <laughs> and I can't stand the fade out. This was the end of the A side, so you would have to flip the vinyl over after this song. That doesn't change my opinion. <laughs> You're not a fade out I, person, you know. Because what is, what is a fade out? How would you do a fade out live? You wouldn't. You couldn't. You would just stop playing. You would just stop playing. And so, like, just just write an ending, you know? Like, I, I love Stevie Wonder. This is a great you, album. This It's a great song. 
But just write an ending for your song. You know, they'd love to do this in the 70s and 80s, but... You know that they... You know that the, the Beatles did a live version of Hey Jude with a fade out. Oh, yes, I have seen that. I think that's the only time... I disagree. <laughs> Let's move on. So... What, Nikki? you suddenly like the Beatles over there? So track number... Nikki f- likes the Beatles? Oh, that's interesting. So start of sight. Hey, 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 real Nikki, quick. Nikki is defending the Beatles here. When have I been anti-Beatles? You gave the 34! <laughs> He has it on reference because that's how much it means to him. Which one? You gave, you gave, gave Sergeant Sergeant Pepper, Pepper you gave Sergeant Pepper a 34. That's one point more than you gave the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. Oh the Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack is great. It's a good it soundtrack. is great. George Clooney. Fucking Sergeant Pepper's is the best album. I thought the ending was weird. I'm just going to say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is weird. I can see Wait, are you talking about the chord? Oh, you're Dana talking Light. about Day in a Light. I thought you were talking about the end, like the secret ending, which is weird. What's the secret? What oh, with it? the, oh, with the, that yeah, is weird. The I don't secret like that track? Either. Yeah, that. What's it called? Revolution 9? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Revolution 99. Start of side B, higher ground, track number five. This is a clav heavy introduction. It's getting you right into, I think it was a triplet feel I, I got. I don't know. It was, it was, it was very 12-8 for me. I don't know about, about any of you keeping track. Um... That's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's all I had to say. I, I, I think I was losing a bit of focus here, but I thought it was very vibey, and that's all I had to say about that. Uh, Higher Ground was the first single for the album. It was. Okay. Released on July. It's probably the best known one from, from this album. What? Uh, let me check, actually. I, I thought Living on... I thought I'd heard Living on a Thing before. Uh, living for is, the City. Living for the City is pretty, pretty well known. A lot of people... Um, Associate this one, you know, Stevie Wonder had a, I, you guys know about this, a car accident shortly after the release of this yes. one. Yes. Um, and a lot of people think that the car accident preceded this, this, uh, no, it was this after. track, but it was after. Yeah. And, and, and Stevie Wonder talks about it, about how, like, you know, it, he felt like uh, when he was recovering, he thought about this song a lot. This is the most listened to song on Spotify. For me. Really? Okay. Uh, followed by the next song, which is the least listened to song. <laughs> oh. Uh, regardless, yeah, no, I fucking love this song. Okay. The next one is the least listened to song on Spotify? The next one on Spotify is the least listened to. Oh, okay. Song. Yeah. Jesus, children. Jesus. Whoa, 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 are we done talking about? Of America. <laughs> yes, Jesus, children of, the, of America. Uh, another Man Talks to God song. I mean, don't you? I really try to avoid him at all costs. What did you think about this song? About this, about about Jesus, yeah, children of America. <laughs> about Jesus, I wasn't sure if we were still talking about higher ground. <laughs> um, Jesus, children of America. I, you know, I, I, I was thinking a lot about about the historical context of this because I am a total nerd. Um, but this one, like, really thinking about the relationship that Americans have with Christianity, yeah, um, especially in this kind of period, you know, America has a very complicated relationship with religion um and i see this especially right after higher ground of trying to somehow uh combine or or find or 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 rectify the the uh conflicts inherent between between the american uh culture of the early 70s of the vietnam war of the civil rights movement with what uh see his own personal idea of of christianity is mm. um and seeing if that's possible. I thought that that is an interesting idea. Um, 
the actual musically itself, I thought was a little bit less interesting than I mean than the rest of the album. This it sounds like a such ha- song that does get played at churches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but like, it, we I feel like we've heard this song a thousand times on this podcast. Not actually a thousand, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I liked it. Okay, <laughs> I I just feel like this type of song or something like guy who with a relationship with God decided to write a song about it and want to grab you have a couple well I, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that I, oh, th- yeah, I, I think I, it's he's, he's in some ways critiquing the church um, and and both like praising it too you know he's he's looking at uh, exactly what do these people believe and what versus what do they claim to believe mm-hmm. um, you really you really thought about this I thought about it I mean thought about this album. that's why they needed a week to do it. That's why this is why we get guests on so they do more than Yeah, they, they whenever we get a guest on it's always like uh, If I had to do this every week I, I wouldn't <laughs> It started out that way. We really tried. Those first few episodes we like actually read the Wikipedia. Article. You know Andy, I still try. I have written notes here. What are you talking about? Yeah, typed up's not the same. <laughs> it's not? No. I don't have any notes. I just have a bunch of tabs open. Really? Yeah, I just open up a bunch of things, and then that reminds me of what I'm, you know, what I wanted to say. Uh, that way, I have my sources. What? Nothing. Let's continue. Next song, "All Is Fair in Love and World." World. That's literally. Nope, that's, that's not. I went beyond. Not that. the title uh, of the track. That's what I wrote down because I. The track is titled "All, All is in fair. Love." All in Love is Fair. Yes. And you're wrong, Andy. Okay. It's okay. I forgive you. But will God? I don't care. So in this track, we get a strong vocal, excuse me, strong vocal performance, high belting, vibrato, something going on. He's sing, he's going crazy. Um, compelling piano. It was a very, but um, the the percussion was very upfront, mm. even though it was kind of more laid back. He played all the instruments on this recording at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the octopus band. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, no, I, I mean, he did that on, on a few of the tracks in, in this one. He yeah. he did most of the. He was one of the. He's one of those old big, musicians, like one man band type mm-hmm. type uh, artists. But um, this one it. has it really shows off his his talents as a multi uh, multidisciplinary musician. Yeah, I mean, this is pro. This is like a very personal track. It sounds like he is actually singing to a person. Mm-hmm. It was very good. I I, I think this is maybe the only one where he consistently uses like the first person. I yeah. Well, that's an interesting observation. Like talking yeah. like an interpersonal relationship because like the other was like his. He had the second track, which is fucking. I think the second track. Yep, visions is about how he views the world. Uh, living for the city is his with society. It's all society. Uh, this one's actually about his life. It sounds like, I could be completely wrong, and it could be him writing a song about. I liked it. Yeah. Um. It was the shortest song on the record. Yes. But it, I found it to be one of the most compelling and the most theatrical. Um, it, it does really? sound like a wedding yeah. song. I, I thought that, especially the ending, it had a sort of like Broadway tinge to it in just that it was very like lush, but also like final um, in that like, even with some of the things he's doing with the keys, um, kind of with, just with the notes and the, and the, and the, and the chords. But I, I, I just thought that it really... It was a very strong track, and especially with his high high register that he's using, I think that's um, it's it, it reminded me to those sorts of songs in Broadway musicals that are like, you know, like the woman solo, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just using her high sure. register, like you know, Wicked, um, or like three songs from Les Mis. Um, <laughs> Les Mis bonus episode one. I no, love nope, this. Never. I love the next song. 
The next oh, song yeah. is a oh, complete yeah. 180 from the themes in this song. I've, quick aside, I thought that he really just went back and forth with like the slow jams yeah, and, he did. and the bops. Like at, literally every other track, it was like the uh, one or the other. I think that was a good way to do this. I know I liked it. Uh, it, it was. It, it, it definitely was, helped keep my attention. Well, yeah, I mean this this first half of this season, we've been doing a lot of albums that kind of blurred together. Uh, we, you know, fucking. What, what does that mean, Andy? Well, you know, like they all just kind of like sounded the same, had the same tempo, same basic instrumentation, like the Beck album. Name one track from the Beck album right now. <laughs> <laughs> fucking do it. We did that. We did it three calling weeks ago. You out. Oh my god. It's not. No, he's not calling me out. Well, he is, but it's because Beck was not a. It was. It was a mid middle of the road album for us. It was. Yeah, uh, it was uh, not, even not the Nora album. Jones album, an album that I relatively Who? like. Indiana Jones? Nora Jones. Oh, sorry. Nora Jones. I like Nora Jones. Nora Jones I liked that album, but, like, you know, even, like, the Billy... Like, I don't know. Like, these albums just... The Eric Clapton album especially. Uh, you know Eric Clapton? Do you know anything about Eric Clapton? Yes. He's a giant piece of shit. Fuck Eric Clapton. Yeah, fuck Eric Clapton. Um, I like what you said earlier um, about how modern protest music or political music is more on the nose. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you know this, um, it, late last year, he released a song, uh, an anti-lockdown uh, song. Oh, yeah, he did. Titled, This Has Got to Stop. Yep. <laughs> Generation X is... Uh, They're going through some stuff right now. Regardless, I think how this album was structured and how the songs were laid out was very had a lot of thought put into it. I think Because so. I don't think that the B-sides were, you know, traditional B-sides were the half-ass songs. I think... Because it's only nine tracks on this album. Yeah. It's nine tracks, 45 minutes. All killer, no filler. Yeah, exactly. All rippers, no skippers. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Tudson, for that line. Uh, listen to Illuminati Hotties, Let Me Do One More, available on all streaming platforms and on vinyl now. Um, not sponsored, but I love her. Anyway, but like I said, this is a... It, you know, nowadays you get fucking Kanye West with his two-hour-long albums. and you, know, you refuse to listen to. Yeah, I listen to one of the tracks. Yeah, Donda Chant. <laughs> you guys going to talk about Donda? No, there? if it wins, we'll have to. Oh, no, it's fine. Anyway, what I'm saying is this is a th- thought-out album versus, you know, the rest of the stuff we've been listening to this, these past I, I love this song for, you know, really the, the Latin influences oh, that yes. it has. Um, you know, I was thinking about when I was, when I was a, uh, one of my first exposures to professional music, um, my mother had a coworker who was the bassist in a uh, Latin jazz band, the Mambo Kings. Um, mm. Great, great, great band. They're one of the, you know. Did they come to camp? They did. They did come to Oswego this past, uh, this past semester. Hi. Um, no, I was. Uh, Sleeping. I believe I had COVID. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> um, well, no, no, yeah, I was in Florida. That, that was I was out of state. Whatever, I got COVID. <laughs> no, I I had COVID in September, and it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, you know, I remember he, him talking about um Latin music. Yeah. And there's this kind of idea, you know, suspend your suspend your music theory brains for a second. Yeah, my music theory brain. Uh huh. Oh, let me give me a second. You're gonna work on the suspended. But brain. when oh. I'm listening to Latin music, I often think about the way that the instruments kind of uh it 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 blurs the lines between the roles instruments have. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you're listening to a lot of Latin uh influence Latin based music, uh the rhythm kind of almost like rhythm section acts as the melody mm. and then the uh like you know so like the 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 percussion here i'm listening to this as a form of melody and the piano is almost a form of percussion 
and the vocals become their own form of, of harmony with the with the rhythm and the fact that they complement the rhythm in a yeah. way that you know you don't really see in a lot of non Latin influenced uh, music. Of course, that is a very like uh, you know hot take not maybe not a hot take to say but a weird a weird way to think about music but uh i i found that especially in in this one um that, that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. i going off of that i sure. i did like the progression <laughs> thank you nikki <laughs> i got you i really enjoyed um there was a i think it's called a, a guero guel guero in the left ear. You know, it's like the thing you have, it's like, it kind of looks like a gourd and then you like shake it. Sure. Like, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like a frog. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then in the right ear, we had a, sh- we had shakers and then we just had a whole slew of percussion throughout. Mm-hmm. Thought that was really fun. I think it adds to the track. I, yes, I did like how, um, it really took kind of a center stage appeal. Um, I liked, uh, Oh, he growls sugar. That's what he said. He at the end he was like ground sugar, and then before the fade out, the fade out was very abrupt. I did not like that. I don't know if that if you felt that, but um, I like the song overall. The chorus section, the high notes, very good. Um, I don't, how did you feel about the intro? Like the I, intro? <laughs> I thought it was fun. You liked? It? I didn't know if he was being like serious or not. I think I think these last two songs were just him having fun. This was probably the most uplifting song for me mm. on the track, the most optimistic one. Um, I think part of it, like if I were to uh, attach a narrative, would be about kind of the collapsing world of, of the uh, of the early seventies, but also like you have learning how to live through that and how to live and still like have fun. A collapsing world. Oh yeah. Tragically, the world's still in the here. in the middle of the Cold War, in the middle of the Vietnam War. Mm. You know, right after. Like a few years later, after uh, Martin Luther King was killed in '68, and you know we had the civil rights movement, but yet not a whole lot of progress. I feel like I I feel a lot of uh, connection between 1973 and 2022. I mean, 50 years apart. I did. Almost. I did find that well, especially with all the things you were saying going on in '73, I felt a lot of those things could parallel to to today. Mm-hmm. Um, in that we just got out of a war. Yeah. Um, president scandals. Uh, well, you know the thing is, 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 is it's it's not a lot of people think that's a cycle. You know that mm. that things were repeat like over like oh well, fifty years ago, and then if you look at compare nineteen seventy three to nineteen twenty two, or nineteen twenty three again, presidential scandal, depression, pandemic. Yeah. Just got out of a war. Uh, it, it isn't so much a cycle as much as these things are happening every year, and mm. it's it's a constant thing of slow progress if you can call it progress uh and and you know we we don't live in that much of a different time than our past Mm. we aren't as far away from 1973 as we think we are it's like we have ipads now though you're right (laughs) i don't know yeah the technology people i don't know people take extent well no because like if you look at up before the industrial age like Paintings and music were really the only real way to define an era, at least historically, other than, you know, documents and taxes and the governmental well, systems. Books. Well, yeah, like, I'm saying art was how you defined an era other than government. Okay. And then you move into now where we have, like, very clear representations in, like, fast-moving fashion, fast-moving aesthetics. Like, the aesthetics of the 70s being bright colors versus now where everything's very sleek and... 
Even like like the ma- Andy, like, you're wearing a neon green beanie. I wonder if what Andy's trying to get at um is the idea that trends move very quickly there we now. Go. Mm. You know, uh, it it would take a while for things to move a few hundred years ago, where you would have yeah. uh eras like artistic eras that would last uh centuries. You know, mm. you look at the medieval era of art; it lasted a few hundred years. Things didn't move that quickly because there wasn't just there wasn't fast communication. Nowadays, artistic movements last months if that you know fashion movements last a few weeks you know um and and there really is this acceleration uh you know we could we could have a whole podcast talking about the acceleration of of culture and yeah look forward to that in july of 2022 guys i can't wait to listen to it and i know you can't either i know it has to happen (laughs) my comic book podcast will be competing directly we're gonna have a comic book (laughs) comic book podcast Andy? Yeah. Who's it with? Me. It's just you? Yeah, I'll have a new guest every week. Oh, that's fun. Or month. I'm I would love doing... to I would love to be a part of I don't of that. think I'll be doing a weekly podcast after this. I'm having a great time. Um, but no, yeah, so yeah. Cause M said it. You know you know that you know the podcast serial? Yes. With Sarah Kane. I want to do a podcast like that. Mm. Not where it's like about a... murder, but like I want it to be like journalistic. That's my dream to kind of make mm-hmm. it. Into I would, like, you, you like you. You want to do like a, a fictional story podcast? No, I'd actually. I'd rather. Plug if anybody hard find this one, which will be over. It is a good one. Um, hey I guys, would, check out your find anyone find this podcast available? They now? don't need our help. They um, don't. They're they, much more successful, and I'm so proud of them. Um, I'm on that. Are you? That. Oh yeah. Shout out. Shout out to all of our friends who are on that. Um, no, I'd like to do something more like documentary style, mm. but like something that's relevant to my life. Like I maybe like like to interview like professors or musicians that sure. I know or even like family members or Filipino history. Be like, hey, can I? I don't I'm I don't know what Twitter is and you need to stop asking. Okay, but like oh, maybe episodes. figuring out how you could contact an artist who you're a fan of who's maybe influenced yeah. your music. Nikki, speaking Bill as your as your social media manager, I think you should be on Twitter. Can I finish my album speaking, first? Speaking of someone who, you know, would like it when people listen to our podcast. Who's going to read this book? Whoever reads this book will be my manager. Sorry, Andy. I'm not your manager. I just want you to fucking retweet the podcast every week. I'm off. Well, now it's on M. M, retweet the podcast I'll give every you my week. credentials. Okay. Do it. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm done. Well, I'm not done. I'll be back. Nikki's but. podcast is now going, or Nikki's Twitter is now going to be in the third take, person. Take the Instagram too. I, so next, in you time, know, like like when it's like Barack Obama, like official tweets will be signed. B O, yeah, bad odor. Uh, final Last track. track he's he's a know it all. <laughs> what do you have to say? Andy? This, this is another example of uh, you know making a political statement without directly referring to who he's talking about. We all know who he's talking about. Mister Know It All. Mm. And why don't you enlighten us who he's talking about? He's talking about Nixon. Mm. <laughs> he's talking about the president. Oh, I thought uh, he was talking about uh, Gorbachev. Oh, you think he's talking about Gorbachev? Oh, fucking I know. He's probably Nixon. You think Wonder's singing about Gorbachev? What? Was Nixon before or after? He was before Reagan. Yes. Okay, that's all I need to know. What do you think of the song? It's pretty good. Um, It definitely... What were you guys saying? That the last two tracks are kind of him just having fun with it. Yeah, him having fun, just hanging out. You know what, Nick? You know what the song actually reminded me of from the Billy Joel album yeah. was the first song. You had to be a big shot, dumb shot. Which, admittedly, I said I didn't like that song. It has grown on me since. Yeah, you like Billy Joel, huh? You like that? I never Andy? said I didn't like Billy like Joel. Billy Joel Andy, I didn't like huh? that song. You like Billy Joel? Anyway, what did we give that album? It's a zero. Yeah, uh, we gave that album a forty-five. Shout out to Angel Tyler. Uh, 
Anyway, yeah, no, that this it has the same energy of like, hey, you fucking jackass. Yeah. Want to use know it all? Fucking strut on us some more. I didn't have much to say about this other than I thought it was a very smooth finish, groovy closer. Um, I think it, I think it really it captures the essence of the album and wraps it up in a neat little bow. Sure, it, his personality comes through on this. Yeah. Oh, for sure, I agree with that. Great. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. Well, that's all she wrote. Well, uh, final thoughts. Anyone got want to sum up what they thought? What'd you think? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a great. You know, it it's. It was a great opportunity. I've been listening to uh, a lot of a lot of music lately, but um, you know, it's always a pleasure to be able to really listen to uh, what you I would call a ten out of ten album. You know, this is an album that hits hits everything that I, that I enjoy about music, mm-hmm. um, and and just has so much color and so much, uh, you know, uh, so much power behind it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the songwriting's great. The 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 mixing was great. The uh, the performances are great. Um, you know, and it, and it has a lot of uh, of what I really look for in the genre. Yeah. Okay. Andy. Yeah. No. Uh. You got. You know how I feel when albums are. It, it's got the structure of an album that I like, where each song is unique from the last. It's structured well. Uh. Instrumentally, each song had its own distinction. Like higher ground sounds differently from uh, Golden Woman. Yeah. Uh. And I. I I would I didn't know so much about the political context going into it. Uh, I, I think one fault of me and Nikki on this show is that we don't look as deeply into the lyrics as we do, or as we should we do every the assignment, week. We don't do our homework. Yeah. I thought that the album was a great length. Yeah, oh, no. Yes. I, well, I, I, I am, I'm not excited for the third week of January Wonder, where it is a two-hour album. Yeah, I prefer shorter albums that to, to long, or maybe not super short, but like, you know, the 45 to an hour. Once yeah. it starts going past like an hour and 10, I, yeah. I tend to have trouble keeping, well, keeping my attention. Well, I think at that point, unless it's more conceptual, it's just kind of bloated. We also yeah. have a two-hour yeah. Judy Garland album. We gotta we'll, get to We'll get to her. We'll get to Judy. We, we should probably do that not as a guest episode. We'll get to Judy. Uh, your computer fell asleep. Still recording. Doesn't matter. We'll get to Judy. Uh, anyway, but yeah, no, this was a great album. Yeah, I agree. Um... I found that I, 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 at the time, I'm sure it was incredibly revolutionary. Um, I labeled it, listening to it now, I still found it to be semi-revolutionary in just that I thought what he did instrumentally and how he arranged it along with his, his co-producers um, was, was just incredibly standout. I think that he did um, thoroughly and... Um, I guess you could say respectfully uh, blended the 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 commercialability of of some of like a of a hit or a beat or something strong with uh, the intimate and when he's going and talking about his very like the very personal and and bold lyrics that he had. Um, there's a lot of bops, a lot of deep cuts. Um, I think I think M kind of put it perfectly in saying that. This is really the limits of what we can do in analog right before the beginnings of mm-hmm. when electronic music takes hold and digital recordings. Um, was this before or after The Wall? With Pink Floyd? By Pink Floyd. I think it was around the same time. Well, I mean, that it, I would put this on par with that in just that how it's, ex- it's reaching the limits of what you can just record with tape. Um, and I thought it was really great. Uh, the Wall released in 1979, so this was six years seven, before. I well, it's it, it's it's just as good. 
Um, sorry of wall fans. Uh, I gave this Andy. I'm gonna review you scores here. Yes, M. As we, as I'm sure our weekly listeners know, every week we give the album a score from one to sixty-three. One being the worst album you've ever listened to, sixty-three being the best, twenty-one being the third mark, forty-two being the two-thirds mark. So I'm gonna give this album a fifty-eight out of sixty-three. Damn, that's the same score you gave Michael Jackson. Okay. Um. I thought this was a great album. I would probably listen to it again. I know I'm 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 excited for next week. Uh, Songs in the Key of Life. Um, sorry to spoil it, ladies and gentlemen. They know how this show works. <laughs> but um, I'm excited, and uh, I think CB Wonder. I didn't really listen to a lot of him before before this episode, but I'm so glad that I did. I don't know how I came up with that theme music, but I think it's... it was good. I'm excited to hear it again at the end of the episode. That's anyway, how this podcast works. Have you ever listened to your own podcast? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. And what did you think? What did you, do you have a score? Uh, out of out of what? 63. 63? Well, uh, let's put money where your mouth is. You gave it a 10 out of 10 just now. So you can give it 60 out of 63, or you, well, you can drop down a few points. I'm going to so. drop down a little, a little few points. You know, 10 out of 10, it rounds up. Uh, I kind I like what Nikki said. What do you say? Fifty eight. I gave it fifty eight. I would I would give it around there. Fifty fifty. You know, maybe maybe fifty seven to fifty nine something. Like that. <laughs> so I'm gonna put you down for a fifty seven fifty eight. And Andy, what do you give it? Not a fifty eight. Why not? <laughs> I like this album a little bit less than you guys. That's uh, okay. That's okay. But I still love you. Thanks. I give it a fifty two. Okay. Yes. Which I believe averages it out. That, that, that averages it out to fifty-six. Which I think puts it at two second. It's the second highest rated album we've had on the show. It is second. Honored to be here. <laughs> you did that. You bumped it up. Yeah, I could have I could have said thirty. <laughs> you could have said two. You could have said one. Uh but that so how it goes now is Thriller is number one. How? Uh, oh, right. It's a good album. I forgot. Yeah. Inner Visions is two. When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go is three. Folklore is four. And Random Access Memories is five. Oh, Random Access Memories. I wish I could have been that, that one. That was a good one. I had lots to say about that one. Yeah. And then Adele is number six. We had, um, yeah. Kyle. We had Kyle Sherry on for that. Oh, really? He had a lot to say. Kyle was also on for Thriller. Oh, he, just keeps, he just keeps it going. We got, we got to give him a crappy one next. No. Uh, is there a crappy best album of the year? Yes. There's several. <laughs> I think... Was Real it... quick, since we're talking about the fucking scores we've given. Yeah. yeah what's, what's the lowest it? score? Uh, we have given a four to The Button-Down Mind of Bob Newhart. That's a comedy album. It is a comedy album. It's a that, comedy set from Bob Newhart. Best of the year. Um, an actual music album that we hated was Two Against Nature by Steely Dan, which is the same genre as this album, mm. uh, except he has a song where he tries to fuck his cousin on it. Uh, and then How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, uh, The First Family, we Tony Bennett on, on for, yeah. um, for, for Steely Dan, and that was a good, that was a good time. The Steely Dan episode's our best episode. Well, uh, I had the, I laughed a lot. Yeah. It's because Jameson dramatically reads the cousin fucking song. That was... <laughs> hey, best part of the show, M, what are you listening to? What are you listening to? Oh, yeah, to? you know, you know, Nikki prepared me for, uh... Oh, no, I lost a button. ...for this the other day. <laughs> Nikki prepared me to said to prepare to answer this question. I warned you, um, is, and and I'm going to warn you guys. You know, this is what happens when you give me a platform. This platform lasts for roughly six more minutes. That's not. You take your time. 
you know, I could say I could say some of the some of the things. You know, the the, the commercial that I'm the, the commercial music that I'm listening to is if you haven't heard the uh, the smile. It's an it's a act by Johnny Greenwood and Tom York that has a new single out. It's pretty good. But what I actually want to say, if if you're looking for stuff to listen to, um, is listen to your friends' music. Uh, you know, if you want to democratize, uh you know, music industry, you don't do it by pirating Jay-Z. You do it by, you know, when your friends put out art, support their art. Um, I have a friend I graduated high school with, Grace Conheady, who just released an album uh, last week or, or maybe two weeks ago. It's called Hello, Goodbye, In Between. Uh, it's on uh, Spotify and a few other streaming platforms. Who's it called? Uh, Grace Conheady, Hello, Goodbye, In Between. Um, she's a uh, an indie folk our artist um you know I, I went to a performing arts high school in rochester new york and we went to school together and and she's been really trying to work on her music career and it's been getting you know a few thousand listens on spotify which is uh which is great to see um but like more the, people like need to uh, need to listen cover. to it it just came out it just came out yeah i'll listen to it Oh, absolutely. You know, and it, and if you, uh, but but really, like you know, if one of your friends is is on Instagram or, or Twitter and they're they're putting an album out or they're doing something mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, you guys are already starting. You, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are a part of the solution. Well, yeah, like you know, support support your friends when they when they have art, and you will see, you know, yourself as part of the uh, part of the part of the world. You know, this is this yeah. is how we we leave our our legacy here, even as as the small citizens of this republic that we are guys listen to homebrew by zach blazak listen to toxic by jade ira listen to itemizing by nikki kulai find angels concert somewhere on youtube you've been given you've been throwing shots a lot at angels i'm really not i think you is that throwing a shot i don't know you said that she was the least watched i didn't say it was least watched or least listened to it was just a regular episode. Yeah, you gotta do some. Yeah, do some some cervical not... cuts tomorrow, Andy. No, tonight. I'm gonna do some of it tonight. Nikki, what are you listening to? I oh, I forgot to mention this last week. Um, but the new Weekend came album came out. Surprise Weekend album. Dawn FM. Very good. Very good album. A lot of um, a lot of Michael Jackson influence, like that sort of era. But it was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, well, let me just pull my sheet up. Um. I listened to the Uncut Gems soundtrack today. <laughs> um, I watched Uncut Gems uh, the other night, and it was really stressful. Um, but I had a great time. Actually, Em, you recommended me I watch d- it. I, well, so, thank you. I don't think I recommended you watch it, and more said that that movie stressed me very well, you much. Told me you and watched then you it. said, "Should I watch it?" And I said, "If you want to be stressed out, you can watch it." It was then a great movie. I watched it that night, and good, good job, Adam. A twenty four is doing some great work. Thank you. Yo, yo, Green Knight movie of the year for me. Um, Aside from Spider Man. That's really all I've been listening to. Um, what's what? Wait, hold on. That's that, in terms of new music for the for you. Actually, I mean, for you, for you. Hate that song. Uh, yeah, that's really what I've been listening to. I haven't been listening to a lot this week. I'm I'm trying to catch up. I'm I'm listen. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll get more for you next week, Andy. I promise. Uh, you mean when we record the next episode in two days? Yeah, I'll I'll have more for you. I that's a promise. That's a that's a promise. And a threat. All right. Uh, can I go? Yeah. What are you listening to, Andy? What's going uh, on? I re-listened to Turn Off the Lights by Kim, Kat- Pat- Kim Petra. 
Yes, Turn it, Off the Lights by Kim Petras. It is certainly a Nicki album, very much so in the vein of things that Nicki would listen to. I listen to that. I do like it a lot, though. It's a, I mean, it's a very dark album, hence the name. Yeah, uh, Halloween-themed. Yes, I, I, I will say uh, it is something I would actually maybe listen to outside of Nicki recommending it. Wow, that's, that's the highest compliment Andy could ever give me. Anyway, other than that, uh, oh, oh. Yes. What's, I want to make sure I get the name of this. Uh, the Homeless Gospel Choir and Teenage Halloween put out a split uh, titled The Homeless Gospel Choir and Teenage Halloween Split. Uh, you don't see a lot of splits nowadays, or at least I don't from bands that I like. Should we do splits? Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, that was pretty good. A good collection of four songs. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Fucking... Where is it? I know it's here somewhere. I just listened to it. Uh, fucking Tape Girl and Peach Rings. They did a cover of My Boy off the from Car Seat Headrest. Uh, mm. if you don't, uh, Nikki, I don't know if you've ever listened to... I know Car Seat Headrest. Yeah, Twin Fantasy. Yeah, I've heard of that. Have you listened to it? I listened to it once. It's a very important album as far as indie music goes. What's important anymore? Eh, nothing matters. You should listen to uh, it. It's a ska I'll cover. i again. Uh, I think... I don't know. Tape Girl and uh, Peach Rings are both very talented ska artists, so this was a good, a good little single. Uh, other than that, uh, I re-listened to a lot of Cat Bite this past week. It's a very fun album. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Anyone want to plug anything before we end the show? I listened to the Bach Suites. Interesting. By Yo Yo Ma. Well, at least the first one. And do you want to plug anything before we hit stop? You won't let me. Can I? Oh, yeah, no, I can't. Well, <laughs> are you going to fucking turn this into a recruitment opportunity? Do you want to you you shout out, like, your Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Oh, that's funny. You can follow me on uh, on, on Twitter at um, emitchy3, that's two E's, uh, or on Instagram at emitchell underscore. Um, and I'll have tagged them in, yeah. on Twitter. And, you and then you click there to find out where who they work for. Yeah, you got to put in the work. Uh, if you're an evil troll monster who's yeah. trying to ruin our lives. Called a lawyer. <laughs> and as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to... S no, not Sinatra Temper. Janiel Wonder. Uh, fucking next week we're going to be listening to... Next week's Fulfilling This or... No, Songs in the Key of Life. Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder, the 1975 winner. The week after that will be Fulfilling This's Personality. Uh... You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are sold. You can follow Nikki on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki Kulai. Accounts now run by M. Mitchell, evidently. Nice. Uh, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at The Grimmy Boys. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars on Spotify now, please. And Nikki, end the episode. Please. Give Grace Conhetti a Grammy. Okay. Thank Bye, you. guys. Hit stop. Okay. <laughs>